Oh, this is so good. This is tongue. Uh-huh. Oh, this is. I can tell it's tongue. <laughs> I can tell it's tongue. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 35 of Lunchtime in Rome. I am Brian, and I am here with Jay. Hello. And Eric. What's up, everybody? And we decided to do a little switcheroo on you with who's going to introduce the show today. So, so that's weird. me. It's weird. But I, I, wanted but I to like get, it. I want to give you a break. It's good. I, it takes a lot of pressure off me. Well, we thank you for joining us. Whether you're on Facebook, you can join us uh, on our Facebook channel, which you can find at lunchtimeinrome.com, mm-hmm. which is where we have show notes and all of the the podcast playbacks. And you can find us on Spotify and you know all all the things. So Jay had somebody actually looking for an episode of show notes from a show we did back in December, way two thousand eighteen, last year, last year, and. I provided the link, and they could look back and see what, what I, the substance was great. Of that show. And a shout out to Diz; uh, she's the one, Christina Dozy Costain, but we call her Diz. Right. And she was like, "Just love this episode." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Wow, golly, that makes me she's feel like, good." It's the only episode I've listened to, but I love it. But she <laughs> loved it. She, and actually, she kept talking about. Uh, um, she kept talking about the sandwich that was on the cover. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's a good looking sandwich. Well, Josh also posted that donation button work yet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Killing me, Josh. I love it. Josh, you see us at church every Sunday. There's a way around it. Josh, are you saving up weekly and then you're gonna give well, us a lump a sum? Is that what we're gonna do? He will be the highest partner in whatever scheme we decide to make. Plan more than scheme. But if you're if you're just joining us and you've never listened to yes, us, before, what are we about here? It's all about living life together. And the fact that too often, even in big groups, we feel horrifically alone. Mm-hmm. And so we are focused on Romans twelve fifteen in the Bible, even though we're not inherently a Christian podcast, because this applies to everybody. Yes. And that is rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. And I, you know, a classmate of mine, Paulette's listening right now, and she doesn't even know it, but I rejoice with every one of her posts. Mm. She just posted the other day about funerals and about obituaries. And she actually made it right. Re- loop do do. There you go. Wrote a post that said, um, when I die, please don't tell me I was loved by everyone and that I was the one that everybody went to. I was kind of a jerk and I had two friends. (laughs) You would be inaccurate. (laughs) And so that's how we certainly feel about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we can just go out and love people by joining them in their emotions, we are doing a great job. And mm-hmm. so the first part of the, of the podcast is us modeling that and showing what is it like to live life and celebrate and mourn together. Then the next part of the podcast, we'll go over a topic of the day and sort of teach you how to do that. And in the last 10 minutes, we talk about people who have not done that and people who have done that. And uh, that's our do better and can't do better segment. Yeah. And that's what the show's all about. Actually, so I have I have two things this week that I have going on. One was an example of how to meet somebody else's emotional needs. My, you're just getting deep right from the get go. Right, but or it's part. But it's part of it's part of it's so much part of our life. Part of our lives, us three, and 
we've talked about how like once you recognize it, it's almost the you worst. You can't unsee it. But you can't unsee it, and it's yeah. almost the worst because like you realize that nobody does it well, and you really mm. have to rely on the people that you love and that know the process. And it's in TV out. shows, and it's online, it's and commercials. <laughs> it's every- it's <laughs> everywhere. And um, so yesterday we were in a meeting. Sorry, Maggie. Yesterday we we were in a meeting And um, One of my favorite people that I work with Kate um, She's been here She's met Maggie Amy knows her And they they, they love each other It's awesome And um, But everybody was kind of busy on their laptops While she was talking And We're at work? Uh huh Okay Yeah And you know I was doing something on my laptop I have this It's this to-do list app that it kind of gamifies your life. So it looks like a game, but I was really checking off stuff and making, you know, but, you know, hey, yeah, I'm a nerd. Um, (laughs) I was debating the whole time. I'm like, is that awesome? Every time I hear how much of a nerd he is, I'm like, you know what, though? But your recommendations are amazing. Thank you. Um, And and she made a comment at the end of the meeting, like, you know what? Nobody paid attention. Jill, you're the only one that that paid attention to me, you Mm -hmm. know, and, you know, and and I, and I wrestled with that when I came home, I was like, Oh, and so this morning I, when she got into work, I said, Hey, I just wanted to say that I'm sorry that I disrespected you last or or yesterday. Ooh. And she was like, no, 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 no. She was, you know, and like, that's what happens. People Mm -hmm. that don't like real, like that aren't getting good comfort. I feel like don't know Mm -hmm. how to like, how to handle it. They're like, Oh, this Mm -hmm. is so foreign. Go ahead. Why did you choose respect? Because I, I feel like she has a need for respect. It might, might not be a high need, but she was calling it out in the meeting of like nobody was paying attention, nobody was was following along with what she was talking about. I mean, it certainly is respect, but I'm surprised you went to respect before you went to attention. That I didn't oh. give you the attention that you deserved. Mm, it could be both, but I feel like respect the attention was represents more... the respect. Yeah, right, exactly. And I said, no, it was really disrespectful that I was on my laptop and I was doing my thing, even though I was listening to you, but I should have, you know, been focused right on you. And she was like, and that's why I really appreciate you. And then I further explained that to Bridget, another woman that I work with. <laughs> what you explained how you apologized. Yes. And I, it, cause she was at, she was asking about it and I was like, well, I know that she has a need for respect and I didn't meet that need yesterday. And so I apologize for that. And she was like, can you hang out with my husband? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Not that he's a bad guy. He's a nope. great guy. He's a guy. Mm. Right. He's anybody. But, but you're, just... you're, you're that drink of water that people are looking for. Not like <laughs> not to be weird, but like no, that, yeah, yeah. those are the, 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 the things that people are like, what? Not this in a is... weird way. In a like, yes. Yeah, I know. Right. yes. Like, oh, that's They're, refreshing. That's somebody somebody did something wrong. You, right. you apologized. And apologized in the right way. And, I, and no one had said that you were hurt their feelings. Right. Like you preemptively yeah. apologized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why we say like when you said nobody does that. Right. You know, it sounds almost egotistical that, oh, what we do, nobody really does. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, when's the last time somebody apologized to you without you saying that your feelings have been hurt? Right. Nobody does that. Right. Or playing your game to make you feel, to make that other person feel, hopefully, that they can interpret that your feelings are hurt. Because a lot of times people won't just come out and say that. It's like mm, they play these they behavioral play, games. They play the games. Yeah. Like that, we that talked was... about for the past. You and know, it, five you weeks know, or so. And it made me feel really good because they're two of my favorite people that I work with. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> and Paul, Paul just said hi to Heidi. I know. Because <laughs> I said <laughs> hi to Heidi. Yeah. But they're two they're of my married. favorite people and they're they're just so great. And the fact that like they both complimented me mm-hmm. on something that we do and we try to do mm-hmm. 
and teach is great. And so my emotional need was being met. Nice. Right. <laughs> and you, what but you reap, you sow. But you think about it. And that's one of the things that I, you know, we've been doing this at the church now, you know, five and a half years. Yeah. And we make jokes about some people who have been there for five and a half years. Well, not many have been there for five and a half, but three years, four years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Brian, your quote was, I, they can't be listening. Mm. They can't be listening. <laughs> and there's times where I still, I just, you know, you bang your head and you're like, how can I make it any simpler? How can I make it any different? But then, you know, you hear a story like this where they're just so moved by you simply saying, I didn't, you know, respect you yesterday and it was wrong for me. Yeah. And I'm sorry about that. Yeah. You know, and the, what? <laughs> And then it works. Yeah. And it, what does it cost you? Um, nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. Right. Man, it's so good. And then the other thing that we have going on. So Mags is about 10 and a half months old. And Sunday we went to take pictures for the invitation that we're going to be sending out. You couldn't use one of the 5,000 awesome pictures you guys have of her. I know, right? I do take a couple pictures of her. Um, But no, we dressed her up in a little ladybug dress and took her out to Boyce Park. And we sat her in like the, the, I think they're daisies. I'm not sure what kind of flowers they are. Um, White-eyed Susans, black-eyed Susans. Yeah, black-eyed Susans, yeah. yeah. And, um, And it was adorable. And then Amy and I were going through them to pick like which one are we going to use for the actual invitation. And I just like... I lost it. No, I, we were we were in um, this little uh, coffee shop um, in East Liberty, and I just I just started bawling. Like I was just like I can't I can't believe she's here. I can't believe we get to do this together. And it was just this unbelievable moment. Like I just, it just hit me, mm-hmm. and because she's almost a year old, like she's coming up on a year, and I'm like. <sighs> and you know, just thinking of all the the great things that have happened and all the frustrated moments that we've had, you know, and, and, but like, man, it just all like came to a head and I just started bawling in this, in this, uh, coffee shop and it was, but it was just such a beautiful moment. We just had, we just smiled at each other and had a moment and it was awesome. But man, she's just, oh man, I can't stop looking at the pictures that we took. She's just so cute. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I had one of those moments today and you know, I'm 12 years into it with my son and, you know, Abby oh, seven. Yeah. And I, uh, I was listening to this song by Sturgill Simpson and oh, I love him. They, <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Um, but it was about, um, just, you know, you're my son and what, what, if I have more, you're still my first one. And, yeah. um, you know, just about, um, like he's on the road obviously. And so it was kind of, there were some things in it that, you know, it didn't necessarily relate to me. And, and but, but I, uh, some of them very much did, you know, about being on the road and coming home and seeing how much you've grown. And just when I hold you, it's like, you know, one of the most intense loves in, in the world. And, you know, even at 12 years old, um, you still have those moments or, you know, I'm 42 and he's 12. And even you yeah. still have those moments when you're that far into it, where, um, it's just completely overwhelming, you know, yeah. or also this afternoon, Alexis and I were just, we'd finished working and, you know, it's like 90 degrees out or whatever. It was pretty hot today. And we went out, we were up at the pool. She was just laying in the, in the, um, the big raft that we have. And I was just laying there reading a book and I just looked around and, 
you know, you, you work so hard, but at the same time, you can work hard and have not much. You can work hard and feel like life is beating you down, you know, and I've had those times, but I was looking around today just going, yeah, I work hard, but I am also so, I've been given so much with, not, and I don't deserve it. It's mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I worked hard, but I also worked really hard when I had nothing and I felt like everything was crushing me. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, I, I just had a couple moments today where I was, you know, being so far into marriage and, 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 you know, parenthood and stuff where it all, you know, hit me too. Yeah. The other thing is I had beef tongue. <gasps> I wanted to talk about this too. We're going to have the same food. Yeah. Beef tongue. Where, where, did it come, where did it come from? I had such a good transition. I was like, uh, you know, I celebrate you and just. <laughs> crying over your child and you looking at your son and, and I cooked a, a cow's tongue this week. <laughs> well, there's the transition. <laughs> I, I, I just kind of helped you get into it. So we've talked about it before that uh, my brother and Terry Collabrace and I went in on half a cow. Yeah. And they're like, well, you don't want like the tongue or the heart, do you? And I was like, you're dead gum toot and I want that stuff because maybe I can make it taste great. And I know that people eat it. Like I've seen it on, I don't even oh, know what, man. I want to say diners drive-ins and dives sure but it might even have been the one uh food network show um gosh i forget his name what's his name the latino guy um he's on master chef aron sanchez otherwise known as aaron right uh and he's so authentic he says dacos 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 (laughs) and uh, dacos de lengua uh which lengua is tongue Gotcha. So it's either there or the other. Ten I don't tacos. know. But the point of the story is I had this gigantic cow tongue. And last Friday, we had a birthday party for all the July birthdays. You know, in my family, all the birth extended family are either March or July. And this was the July one. You just do like one big party? Pretty much. Okay. A la Jim. Get one party for the month mm-hmm. and be done with it. <laughs> it works out better than it did for him. Yeah. It went horribly <laughs> awry for him. And uh, so I thought it out. And it's a tongue. I, sh- I I don't know why, because I'm a stupid human being. I didn't take a before picture, mm. but I mean, it was a big honking piece of meat. Yeah. And I braised it uh, in some garlic and green onion and black pepper and beef stock for about two hours. And by mm. braise, I mean, basically, it's a, it's a simmery boil. Mm-hmm. Um, simmered it really more than braised because braised would be in the oven as it is. It was on stovetop in a mm-hmm. crock, not a crock pot, but a... Uh, Dutch oven, not that kind of Dutch oven. Right. But anyhow, and then you take it out and you either peel off or as I did, cut off the taste buds and the outer membrane. Mm-hmm. Which, See, you know what? I don't like the word membrane. It was insane. <laughs> uh, never mind. Um, so at that point in time, then I covered it with a little Dijon mustard. And then mm-hmm. just used a simple rub of chili powder, cumin. I skipped garlic because my brother was going to be at the party. And if he has garlic, he burps for seven years because mm. he's a man like that. And um, <laughs> I love garlic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But garlic doesn't love him. Mm. Anyhow. And I put it on the smoker because I, at that point, had already been smoking a uh, pork shoulder for 12 hours. I uh, did it through the night. And uh, mm. so I just added it to the smoker. Smoked Your neighbors it. must love you. Uh, they tend to comment a lot mm-hmm. when I'm cooking, mm-hmm. um, but but it's funny when I use the smoker, it just smells like smoke, smoke right? Yeah. So it's not all that. Still, still, still a great That's smell. An awesome smell. Yeah, right. I love that smell. Anyhow, and uh, so I took it out, and it was great. 
it was you you both had it yeah oh, i can't um, wait to talk about it it was it's interesting because there's no connective tissue so it's just beef taste it's not chunky it's not <laughs> it's beef taste there's it's almost <laughs> in the category of a pate uh-huh. especially having it uh fresh like you guys both had it reheated Nuked. I mean, it loses. I mean, anytime you read tongue, right? Yeah. But anyhow, Eric, what were your thoughts? Well, actually, I want to, I want to discuss with Brian who should go first because I knew mm-hmm. what I was about to eat. Mm-hmm. Brian, you did not. I did not know. tell Brian. Nope. So I'd actually. And I like, even asked. So I'd actually. You did not ask. I asked. I said, "What? What is this?" And you said, "I'll tell you after you eat it." Oh well, then I don't feel as bad because no, I definitely asked. I'd actually like to hear right, what Brian but, has to say first. <clears throat> Do tell. Let's let Cody in, by the way, because he's losing his mind. We should cut out his time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wow. Send the uh, emails to uh, elhammond no. at gmail.com. Never and, to and CCPETA. P-E-T-A. Well, I'm not even allowed to have him, according to PETA. People for um, the ethical. Even though no, he's living his people best People for life. eating tasty animals. That's what it is. What else right. would he be doing at this point in time? Brian, just, just before we go further, I, apolog- I would apologize for feeding it to you, not telling you. But if I told you I was not telling you, I feel less bad. Which, you by shouldn't the way, feel bad at all. It's terrible apo- uh, uh, responding to an emotional hurt that isn't there. <laughs> that isn't there. No, it's not there at all because, again, I'm very libertarian. And if I choose to eat that meat, That's if, on if you. I put it in my mouth, That's right, on you, my man. I should have asked. And then whether you gave me an answer or not, I should have been like, you know what? I'm an adult. I think I can make a decision. Mm, I'm going to eat this. I'm not. No right. need to feel bad. That's kind of how I live my life. There you go. Um... I loved it. I loved it once. And then when Jay was bringing it out again, like there was, there was a part of me that was like, man, that tasted so good, but it's tongue. But you had a block. I did have a block. Cause like uh. you, you were talking about membrane and you were talking about <laughs> yeah, taste, buds. Dude, like, taste buds is what got you. You yeah. were like, Oh good. You so took the like taste buds off. I feel like it, there's something like alien about a membrane. I could have called it the oh, tongue yeah, foreskin. Every, every alien oh. thing you see, like. <laughs> They're popping out of like egg membrane, like like yes. the slime. And yes, the, like the Matrix. He gets awakened yes. and he's like, pops he's like out in of this the, thing. That's all gooey and weird. Yes. So, it is one of the best tasting things I've ever had. It like, was so. Are you serious? Yes. Like Jay said, it's pure. It's pure and, beef. And this is why I love talking about it because like you, we never had a chance to talk about it on Tuesday. I just think you were like, Meh. no. It was one of like the because you left the room. I actually, I was talking with Dave and I forget who else was in there. Chris. Chris. Oh, that's right. But what did uh, Chris think of it? Chris did not want to eat it. <laughs> did, wait, Chris Davidson. Yeah, Chris Davidson. Did, chose not to eat it. Yeah, Chris Davidson was, chose was, not to eat it. So did great. Amy. So the thing is, though, like it, it tasted so good. But then like every time I bit down to it, I'm like, this is tongue. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is so good. This is tongue. Uh-huh. Oh, this is, I can tell it's tongue. I can tell it's tongue. I'm right there with you, man. It was, uh, uh it was so bad. It was bad. equally. It was, ex- no, wait, no, no, you just no, said it was this, so bad. It was so the bad. The thought is so bad. Yes. The thought was so bad because like, man, if I could have a piece of meat that the tasted, tasted like, like that. this, that was not tongue. tongue. Like, I mean, so can you do like what you did to the tongue to a regular normal piece of meat that that we I eat? do all the time? Yeah. No, nah, man. Then I don't. Man, that's so disappointing because like, man, that was like it was, it's literally one of the best things you've ever made. 
Wow. Yeah. That's huge. I and, and I sent him a picture of it, and his response was, that's an ugly piece of meat. <laughs> it, it really it is not, not a good looking great. piece of meat. I mean, it looked beautiful in one respect, but at the same time, you're like... Well, you think it's actually not even tough. You kind of... Yeah. I was like... <laughs> I wouldn't cook... Think, why would I cook that? It's like something that somebody would eat in the uh, Upside Down and Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it looks like when it's prepared. Ugh. Yeah. Well, next up is the heart. Don't, don't tell I, no, me. No, I'll try anything, and I would probably even take another bite of tongue. I would take another bite of tongue, but like it's just like ugh, tongue, ugh, tongue. It's just. Ugh. I was just so elated that it was good. It I mean, was I, so good. Yeah, yeah, it was oh so much fun. Well, I'm just Man. thankful. Like I've been around the world and I've eaten things like antelope and you oh. know just like like <laughs> when we first got to South Africa, like we were you know we're hungry and we're we're going on this mission and we get to this this kitchen. And they just hand you a bowl, like we got handed a bowl of soup, but there's like, <laughs> there's like ribs sticking out of it. I'm like, oh, what am I eating? And I have to eat it. I have to. And it was, it was great. It'll so, all be goat. And would they tell you? <laughs> oh, they told us. Oh, yeah. Okay. They, they told us. And, and, uh, but it was still like. So what did you like it? Did it I loved good? it. I, antelope was really, really. Well, I'm sure antelope really would good. be great. I mean, yeah. I'm, I mean, there's gotta be far worse. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of yeah. like deer Deer, right. yeah. I mean. When I was in Romania, you know, we ate lots of pork. Mm-hmm. Only I never saw a pig mm. in the countryside, mm-hmm. ever. Mm. Mm. Lots of dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it didn't really taste like pork. Mm-hmm. Not saying. <laughs> just saying. It, it was that. Just <laughs> saying. <laughs> what, what, what country? Romania. It was that Romanian dog pork. Dog pork, yes. It, it's uh, it's pork. well known. That sounds Cody actually in Romania. <laughs> <laughs> dog pork. It kind of sounds like a bad language. Dog pork. Dog pork. It's kind of Cantonese. But that isn't all that happened this week. What else happened this week? Well, you took a road trip. I did take a road trip. Oh, Do yeah. tell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I was not able to make it last week for the pod. Yeah. And we missed um, you. We had a beloved member of our family die. Um, <clears throat> Grandpa Heckle, who is Alexis's dad's father. Um, great man. Um uh, named Jules and like, I, which from the get go, Jules. Jules Heckle. That's <laughs> a great name. It is, and I always, I always loved him. You know, like right from the beginning. Um, so he, Alexis's grandma passed about um, six years ago now, seven years ago. Uh, and at the time when I met them, they were in their mid seventies, still really full of life, going out dancing, going to the casino and dropping twenty dollars, you know, and just going out to have fun and. Uh, just a really, really good couple. And then, like I said, she passed. And so I've always known him and we've always talked on birthdays and I would see him every once in a while, but you know, they lived, he lived in St. Louis. So the times where I got to see him and spend time with him were, you know, kind of few and far between. Um, so I knew him and I knew him pretty well, but I really didn't get to know him until this, this past weekend. Um, so Alexis and I went out of town Thursday afternoon and the kids, we all took a road trip um, split the night, spent the night in, in Indianapolis and then drove the next morning to St. Louis. Um, there's a lot of, a lot to talk about. Just, there was just great times, you know, I'm in the car with my family and we spent the night at hotels and, you know, Abby's like walking around with her little, um, you know, suitcase and looking like a little boss, like just loving it. <laughs> like, you know, she loves to travel. Like she just like, she loved it. And we had some really, really great times. Um, but then when the, when it came time for the funeral, um, you know, and we kind of titled this, this, uh, episode good grief because we, we spent all of Saturday, um, 
doing the funeral things. And we started at nine. There was a, a private family viewing. And then at 10 o'clock, they, the funeral home opened it up for the public. Uh, we got a little bit of a break in between um, 11 and 12, but then at 12, we took them out. And from there, we drove like 45 minutes in a funeral procession down like all these St. Louis highways. Wow. Yeah, to get to the, the cemetery, um, which, which was interesting in and of itself. And I, I thought, how many people get in accidents in funeral processions because like you're supposed to stick with the the procession you have your flashers on yeah. but other people are like get out of my way like what are you doing running this red light yeah or you're on the highway and like i never hear of them yeah i, I well good i'm glad but um yeah i'm sure they happen because it, it like there were some times where like oh we they didn't stop them right it takes a minute to notice the flag on the car and you're, oh, yeah, well, okay. we didn't oh, even have a flag bad. we just had in the inside this big like uh thing that said funeral hanging from my mirror and uh the flashers were on and the mm. lights were on so but it was the middle of the day you know like so there yeah. was there was that variable but yeah. once we got to the once we got to the cemetery it was you know super hot day beautiful day um and it was a very at that point it was very just just basically the family again um and the casket was there already well we, we pulled the casket out of the car and we set it on the on the thing and there was a, uh, he was in the service. So there was a flag draped over it. And because he was in the service and he served with honors and, you know, they, he, he used to tell us a story about being in the, in the Navy and, uh, you know, this is this 20 some 20 year old kid in the Navy watching torpedo go right past his boat, you know, wow. world war two torpedo going past his boat. And it was awesome to see like in, in the, uh, in the funeral home, they had these big picture boards, like three three different distinct picture boards of like eras of his life. So, you know, young and then like middle aged and then older with like my kids in, you know, like kind of a generations type of thing. Yeah. And it was humbling and it was beautiful. But like the young pictures, it's like like I was looking at pictures that you see of people in movies from like the 40s. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, like I just kept thinking of a Christmas story and, you know, like that whole era where the dad's the, you know, he's going out. But like man, it was, it was just such a, like a time capsule. And, um, then, uh, my father-in-law Ron spoke and just, you know, he's, he's a retired general, one-star general from the air force always, you know, pretty much keeps it cool, but man, he was his best friend. And mm. so he, he had a lot of trouble getting through and just, it was a beautiful, like he started the whole speech off. Well, we lost another, another of the greatest generation. Like that's how he honored his dad, mm. you know? Um, and then um, Alexis's um, uncle spoke, you know, very, very humble guy. Super, and they're all like super successful in their own ways. Yeah. But nobody flaunts it. It's not like this race. Oh, you're a general. I got to be a lawyer. You would never know if you met Alexis's dad. Right. Like if you didn't know that he was a, a, a one star general, mm -hmm. you'd never know it. Right. Super. They're, they're, and they're all like they and they all take both of them take after and, and, and Alexis and and as I saw the rest of the family just led by Jules or follow in Jules example. And Jules was not this type a, like, like driver kind of a thing, you know, like he, 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 um, he had his, his idiosyncrasies. He had his, you know, he was a planner, um, but he was also incredibly humble and um, just never wanted anybody to make a fuss about him. Yeah. And uh, to the point where, um, when they went to, um, after he died, they were cleaning out his, his, um, he wasn't in assisted living. He was in a retirement home, um, where they would come by and check. And that's kind of how they found him. Um, hmm. he didn't put the thing on the door and they went in and he was on the bathroom floor and just, he'd lost consciousness and, but it was, 
anyways, long story short, he had a brain bleed and it ended up, he just went to sleep over a course of like two or three days. Mm. And, um, but he was such a planner and such a guy that didn't want to put any burden on anybody. When they went to clean out his, um, his, his, his living space, he had these, he had suits labeled, <laughs> if I die from June to September, bury or no. like, from like from like in the morning, bury me in this. If I and like, and he didn't want anybody to make a decision because like he was, and it wasn't like a control thing. It was more just like my kids are going to have a really tough time with this. There's going to yeah. be a lot going on. Yeah, I want to help them. I'm going to put them in yeah. the best position to win. Wow, so that's amazing. It that was, it was kind of funny, and at the same time, just like that's the measure of who he was. You right, know? classic grandpa. Yeah, really. And but you know, through the through the course of the whole thing as I see everybody celebrating his life, but also just, you know, weeping and and it, like myself and I mean, I, I I like I said, I loved grandpa. But the whole lead up to the trip, my thought was, all right, I got to organize church because I was supposed to, you know, do do oh, the service yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. I had to juggle these things around. I had to juggle some things at work. So for me it was more like I have to get my family to St. Louis. I have to get Alexis to St. Louis. And I really didn't take the time last week to think about what I would feel or right. what would happen to me. And it all mm. hit me right. Like when we did that family viewing at nine o'clock, we all were in there and everybody kind of took their turn and went down the aisle and viewed grandpa and I'm holding Abby and um, Ethan's Ethan's there with me. And we walked down to see him um, after, you know, a couple other people went, we walked down to see him and at like I'm holding Abby and she mm. just starts she just starts to cry. Oh wow. And she knew grandpa, she'd met him once or twice, but I think for her it was very much more of a um environment. Environment like a um an empathetic type of thing. Yeah. But when she started to cry, I lost it because yeah. like it hit me just like okay, it might be an environment thing, but she loved grandpa in her own way that yeah. I never knew about. Yeah. And in this in this way she's expressing it yeah which blew my mind yeah and uh you know and then ethan the same you know and then because he started he saw me start to cry he started to cry but also for like because he had great times with grandpa they had their own jokes and and yeah you know great grandpa would send him money and and you know it was just so that really stuck out to me where my kids were yeah maybe empathetically mirroring the environment of the room but at the same time i knew that they both had a sorrow and a grief of their own yeah and as a dad, let, let, like that's a that's a big moment to realize, you know. Yeah. Um, but then that just kind of trickled out to everybody else I saw. Everybody has their own way to grieve. And the thing that stuck out to me that I realized after the service, after everything was kind of said and done, is we're driving away from um, the 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 cemetery and again he had like they did a, a 12 gun salute to him they did um this folding of the flag ceremony where they gave the flag the two two people in navy outfits you know just very very crisp very we're folding the flag yeah and all the things are so wonderfully brutal it's and and like just yeah. the honor awesome they all came up and just you could tell they were mourning somebody that they didn't know but they knew him right you know there's there's a camaraderie a brotherhood yeah. and um you know, and then they handed Ron, my father-in-law, the flag. And afterwards, he told me, I was like, I didn't think I had anything left in me. And when they handed me that flag, I, he said, I just found depths of sorrow and grief that I wow. never knew that I had. Wow. But what hit me driving away was um, that, number one, this man lived an amazing life to where everybody there could celebrate him. And there was no... Um, 
there was no divisiveness. Mm. There was no alternate agendas. I'm glad that son of a bee's in the ground. You know, nothing yeah. like that that you see in some families. Right. Um, and just number two, the purity in that. Like, because there was, because Jules lived his life the right way, he just did the right thing. War hero came back and became the president of a, um, of an advertising agency, well-respected by everybody that he worked with and saved, you know, he, he made, obviously he made decent money, but he saved and he, he, he was very, very wise to the point where he was able to support himself for years and years with a wife that went through Alzheimer's in, you know, a, a super high need facility. Um, and still has things to, to leave to his kids, you know, and his yeah. grandkids, which it, I was reading through Proverbs, Jay, like you challenged us earlier in the month. I was reading through Proverbs and, you know, it talks about leaving an inheritance for your kids and being responsible like that. So it was very biblical how he lived his life. Yeah. You know, and he knew Jesus. And so there wasn't that, well, you know, this is all good, well and good. But, you know, we believe that it's kind of empty because he's not with Jesus. Right. You know? So all of those things came together. And. But the just again, the, the point, too, was how pure the grief is because of how he lived his life and the seeds that he sowed. We're reaping this now, even in our grief and our sorrow, we're reaping this ability to grieve well, to to have good grief, to to join each other in these emotions that are so profound and intense that I've never experienced anything like that. And mm. it breaks my heart for people that never get to experience that, that, that have loved ones that die, that there's the bickering, there's the posturing for assets there. There's all of that other crap that, that comes into the equation. Right. And that we didn't have to deal with or it. Or there's just no relief. And now there's this hole yes. that's it's, in their life. Right. And you know, whereas I feel like there's probably more, I mean, yeah, like Alexis's dad is, you know, like he's like you said, Lost he, his best friend. he has reached mm-hmm. depths of his soul that he didn't know exist. But I bet you he's probably better off in a lot of ways because his dad provided and met him emotionally mm-hmm. for oh. a long, long time before all of this happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's that's just really interesting. And that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like that, like, I hope I can do half of that. Yeah. And that's something I said to my kids at some point, like driving, either driving away from the cemetery or probably driving home on our hundred hours from St. Louis back to Pittsburgh on Sunday. Um, but you know, and, and I said it in a way that like, like I hope my kids mourn well, half as well as what we saw this weekend, because to me, that's, that is the mark of a life lived well. And you know, it's so easy to get caught up in today and make mistakes today that are going to compound into the future, you know, conversations that you have or don't have that are going to leave marks, you know, and that's why everything that we're doing is so healthy and, I, you know, I, and, and I, I pulled her, her, I pulled Alexis's um, uncle aside and just talked about that. And he was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's all seeds coming to fruition and just such a healthy perspective on it all. So, wow. you know, that, that's my, that's my story. What I hear the most coming out is that he did the very best that he could to set you guys up for success after he's gone. Yeah. And it starts really, I don't know if it starts, but that you were able, he set it up. Mm-hmm. So that you were able to grieve mm-hmm. and you were able to be there with each other and not have to worry about anything else and not be burdened right. by anything else. And you guys have lived your lives so that the other bickering and the other things weren't there so that simply you could grieve mm-hmm. and join each other in that, that the, all the roadblocks to that were not there. Right. Um, Which is incredible because you have so many variables as you go through your life, you know, 
And the fact that even though you could be filled with sorrow and be, and be grieving that it isn't a bad emotion, right? That it's a it was sweet, so healthy and beautiful, a sweet and beautiful time of mourning mm. together, right? That could mean so much, but not everybody has, you know, uh, that situation for them. Right. And too often, and I have done, as I mentioned last week, a lot of weddings mm-hmm. and I've said that getting married and having a child is the most beautiful and unique thing you can do. And yet the most common, right? Well, only tonight did I really realize as we were talking about this, well, there's another common thing we all do. <laughs> everybody does it and everybody dies. Mm-hmm. Not everybody lives, but everybody dies. Right. But that's another story for another time. William Wallace. Is that what it is? Braveheart. Yeah. Every man dies. Not every man really lives. Ah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but so given that, and I've done a ton of funerals and mm-hmm. I've done my own sons, mm-hmm. done my father's mm-hmm. and I've done a cat lady <laughs> that a, a distant relative of mine told me I should do their funeral. They didn't have anybody. And I walked into the funeral knowing nothing about this lady. Mm-hmm. And I asked her very own mother. I said, I know she loved her cats, but tell me something else about her. After I said, sorry for your loss. And she said, she just loved her cats. <laughs> and I'm like, I got nothing. You're not helping me. <laughs> I didn't grieve well that day for that lady. But what can, what can people do? Like, what did you see in that? And what experience for me, you're going to be shocked when I say this, but, to join somebody in their emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to somebody else's viewing, mm-hmm. somebody, I don't mean like your own viewing, cause that would be silly for you to go to your viewing, but one that, you know, you're visiting somebody It'd be pretty sweet though. If you could do that and Hey, hey I'll, I'll be there. I'll be... <laughs> but, um, you know, what are some tips, you know, number one to me, it's join them in their emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they're not, you know, if don't tell them it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's all the things comes back down to emotional responding. Mm-hmm. You know, there's four ways we can poorly emotionally respond. Mm-hmm. So here we are. It's somebody's 95 year old grandmother and she died peacefully in her sleep. And you walk up and you say, well, she was 95. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She lived a good life. <laughs> yep. You know, that's facts, logic and reason. Yes. You know, well, they, you know, very few people live as long as she did. Yep. So don't be sad about See, that. See, now we're going right into what not to. So right. before we go there, let me go oh, with yeah. what so, what <laughs> blessed me the most. I want to teach people what not to one. do. You're right. For this we'll part. get to what not to do. Yeah. But number one is really just join them. Yes. Um, and less is so much oh, more. Oh, my goodness. Yep. I, mm. at, at, Trey's, yes. at Trey's funeral, <laughs> excuse me, Trey's pa- viewing. Listen to the pauses. Yeah. At Trey's viewing, there was a line. We, we'd set it up so there'd be a line so it wasn't awkward. Mm-hmm. I don't say awkward, but, you know. And the Bob Martini, the fitness coach from the high school, who I had a professional at best relationship with over the years, I've gotten to know him better since, but Mm -hmm. waited 45 minutes in line, came up, took a deep breath, tried to talk, stopped, tried to talk, stopped, started to weep, shook his head, walked away, Mm -hmm. gets back in line 45 minutes later, comes up and he says, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to disrespect you before, but I just couldn't stop myself from crying. And what I told him was, that that was the crying was the best thing anybody had done that night. Mm-hmm. And I said, you've ruined it now by talking. Cause I'll remember what you said. <laughs> I said, but up until that, I'll just remember that you cried at the loss of my son. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what matters more than anything else. Right. Um, I think going is the key. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you always wonder, do I need to go? Mm-hmm. I, I once went to a funeral for 14 seconds. 
Mm. I walked in. The guy whose mother died saw me, nodded his head. He's not listening. Neil Gordon, former football coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was surrounded by people. I wasn't even going to go, but I was coming through town. I, I looked in. He saw me. I, I waved, gave him the head nod down. Sorry. Yep. And he nodded his head up. Later on, he told me how much that meant to him that I would come to that funeral. Mm. I was literally outside of my car for 58 seconds. I timed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was 14 seconds in the building, mm-hmm. and that meant the world to him. Yeah. So just showing up is important. Joining them in their emotion is important. Yeah. Then It's so funny. At Trey's funeral, my fourth and sixth grade teacher, who was the same guy, who was the toughest teacher on me, Mr. Thompson, who I would see at volleyball tournaments over the years, who always called me Joseph because that's my name. Mm-hmm. He didn't believe in nicknames. Mm-hmm. Huh. I wept in his arms. Mm-hmm. I didn't cry for many people that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I turned, I saw him, my stomach fell through my floor and just that he would show up. Mm-hmm. And he was part of me in fourth grade, mm-hmm. helped me in sixth grade, saw me as a coach over the years and that he's here at the death of my son. Mm-hmm. I lost it. Yeah. And it meant the world to me. And he joined me in that moment. Yep. Um, wow. Well, go ahead. Before we get into like the, the, the not, easy not to. Yeah. The, there was something else that happened this week. This week uh, after we returned, where you saw me on Tuesday night, and <laughs> you teared up on Tuesday night. Uh, let's be honest, I cried. You cried <laughs> on Tuesday night because you were so you were so joyful that I would do everything that I did to get out of town last week with Alexis to support her. You know, to to get out there. You know, it was, and, no, it was more than that. I was proud of you. Mm-hmm. I was proud of you for being the husband you could be and the father that you could be and just doing what we're put on life to do. Like yeah. you stepped up in this moment and, and I mean, I'll take credit. Um, I didn't even think about the fact of how much or the blame, how much you did even the church stuff to mm-hmm. replace yourself. Like I was just so proud of you for doing what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You were a good husband. You were a good son-in-law. You were good. All those things in that moment. Well, that meant a lot to me. Be number one, that you would acknowledge it and say it and, you know, just um, give me that kind of exhortation or whatever you want to call it. But that joins me in that emotion that I had from the week that we left where I'm moving all these things around. I'm doing all of this stuff. And, you know, Alexis is like, you know, I, I appreciate this, but there was a part of me that's like, man, I'm, you know, I've got to do this, but I, I do feel kind of alone in, in all of this because there's a lot to do. And so for you to say that to me Tuesday night, uh, you know, that really meant a lot because it kind of put a seal on all of that stuff that I, and not to make myself sound like a hero. It's just life. This is what we do. You did a lot of things people wouldn't do. Yeah. And things that people don't, will never know that I did that week, you know, right. just, just to, just to make it all happen. And that meant a lot to me for you to say that because I felt like all of those things, even though they were unsaid and, and really I'm not looking for any kind of glory in it. Right. That validated it right. all. And you joined me in that. So good. Just a, just a, this is, man, this is, this is so healthy. I want to give a shout out to Vince. Cause he said that, uh, his grandmother had a great funeral funeral. Mm-hmm. And I said, why? And he said that, uh, his mom and Ed set her up really nice. He said her casket was surrounded by different aspects of her life, gardening, baking, a little bit of everything that she loved. And it felt like we were almost in her home. Mm-hmm. And it was really special. And I think that's important as well to set the room mm-hmm. so that everybody, like you said, with the pictures of the stages of his life. Mm-hmm. And again, on the other hand, none of it matters. But yet, if you want to set people up and yeah. we did that for trays with we made a listing of his girlfriends <laughs> because everybody was his girlfriend and so we made a list and then we had them write notes and then we had you know of course the pictures and what one of the things we did was somebody once said to me trey brought me back that mm. i 
had been bitter towards church and bitter towards God, but watching Trey brought me back. Mm. And so I asked people to send me notes on what did Trey do for you? And so we had a board full of those things. And so I think, you know, for them to see his grandmother sort of set up in her environment. And so that if her knitting friends could come by, they're like, Oh, there's the knitting stuff. Right. So it's good to set people up so that they feel welcomed in that moment. Yeah. I remember at my great, not great at my grandfather, pop up Bronner's funeral. A guy came in and it was one of those terrible moments because you're like, well, the whole thing was terrible in that, especially when somebody older, because you don't know anybody, Yeah. but you're, you maybe are supposed to know everybody. Mm-hmm. So this guy did the right thing, by the way, here's a good to do thing. He walks right up to me and he says, you don't know me. And I was like, okay, good. Cause I don't know you. <laughs> right. He said, but my parents were friends with your grandfather and they would play cards together. And I, as a little child would go over with them. And your grandfather was always so nice to me. Mm. And I just wanted to come by and tell you that. Mm. Wow. wow. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, I don't, you know, like yeah. I judged him. I was like, you're weird, bro. Like, how'd you <laughs> even know? But yet, man, that, you get bonus points for that. Like that's to me, it's like, you can only screw up a viewing because if you should go, you should go. Right. And you don't really get credit. Right. Cause you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you go to that one, you're not supposed to go to mm-hmm. where nobody would say, Right. I can't believe Eric didn't show up. Right. But then Eric shows up and they're like, I can't believe Eric came. Mm. Oh, that was great. So it is a great opportunity to love when you show up when you're not supposed to show up. Not mm. not supposed to, but nobody would expect you to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great opportunity to love and, and to just go to that to somebody's viewing yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, don't be a, like a viewing crasher. <laughs> you know, they're, they're putting out the food and you're like, oh, let me tell you. But there are definitely some things you shouldn't do. Yeah. Eric, you were really passionate yeah, about. Yeah, you got some locked and loaded stuff. Well, I no, I just feel like, you know, it's it's all the basic stuff, but I feel like the funeral aspect of it just like really accentuates it. Like this is like the worst time that you could like do something such as like one up somebody, mm. you know, like. Which is selfish. They're That's dead. Another. I'm going to be deader than that person. Or, or well, the, like, oh, you know, this <laughs> reminds your, me your, of a... Your grandfather died. My grandfather died. Yeah, but we hear it. Right. We hear it. Oh, oh yeah. he was sick for how long? My grandfather yeah. was sick for two years. He oh, suffered he, way he longer. Oh, oh, man. At terrible. least your grandfather didn't suffer that You long. guys are fighting. Yeah. We had a terrible time at our family with this. Like one-upping death. Yeah. <laughs> and it happens. It does. Just don't it does. Do so this don't do ridiculous. facts, logic, and reason. Right. Oh, well, that's my. By the way, I love it. How old were they? Oh well. Uh, what's the good number? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. At eighty, is it okay? Right. Oh well, then. That's, the full oh, he was forty-five. That's so young. Ninety. Yeah, uh, that's about right. Yeah, right, because sure. like you're, you know, Lexus's was grandfather he sick? was. How, how old was he? He had just turned ninety-three. Just turned ninety-three. And there's a part of me that's like that well, is a man. At some point, you're right. gonna. But Alexis's dad still feels the same. Absolutely, you know, Alexis still feels the same. Yeah. Like it, there's, it's still grief. It's right. still like, like I said at my grand, my grandmother's funeral. Like it's a reminder that it's not supposed to be this way, because mm-hmm. it feels bad, mm-hmm. you know. And it, and that's one thing to remember. It feels bad, no matter how full their life was. Yeah, it still feels awful. Right. that they're gone. And you know, it's and it's if it great. doesn't, and yeah. you're glad about it, then. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot to that, and you yeah. know, and and that's. Well, wait, a no, different... but I want to clarify that because we're laughing. I want you to clarify. What do you mean by that? I'm saying if you don't feel bad about the person that died that you're supposed to be mourning, 
then I feel really bad because yes. that is a situation where they've been, there's hurt. been so many hurts in your life. And right. I, okay. Because yeah. there's times where the 94 year old super godly woman dies and you're like, praise God, she's finally with Jesus. It's what she wanted. Right. This is a natural cycle of life and you can be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're saying when you're like, eh. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you're dead. I'm glad you're dead. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to clarify yeah, because no. there's times when it it's, it's okay. A re- it's rejoicing, right? And you're uh, not, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it is okay. He's gone home. Yeah, like you, you just know that person knows Jesus. They're so tired, and that's the if that's the extension, if that's the if right. that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. I celebrate that you're there. Like right. you have run the it's race. Over. And I kind of envy you. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, I right. had the woman from our church who I had never met. I met her at Seneca Place days before her death because I was going to be doing her funeral, and she said, "You know, Jay." I, uh, I was praying for your son, but I want to tell you about my walks at night when I walk through the valley and I see the light and it mm. feels like I'm skipping and I just want to be with mm. that warm light. And I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? I, right, thanks for praying for my son. Yeah. But now you're telling me about the valley of this the shadow of weird. death and yeah. you're skipping through it. And so I, you know, yeah. so right. We don't want to be that kind of bitter, but here's the other thing. It's also, it's okay if you're not sad in a given moment, just because you've got nothing left. Sure. When your cup, yeah. your emotional cup yeah. is full and you're like, I think I should be really sad. I'm not because mm-hmm. man- it's called the mannequin phase. I was going to say, this grief. is a great point. Cause like there is a point where it's like, uh, there's a, there is a sense of relief. And it's not bad. Right. Right. Or, or numbness. Or you just have or nothing. Or you're just nothing. looking at yourself. Like right. I should be very sad right, right now. What am I yeah. psychopath? I am not. Right. right. And that comes later yeah. or it doesn't. Right. Right. Um, but we don't want to be facts, logic, and reason. Right. We don't want to be selfish. Yeah. Oh, you think this is a tough funeral? Or yeah. you think you want to? Right. And you don't want to be critical, which you think, oh, nobody does that. Uh, yeah, we do. We say, oh, look, don't be sad. They're in a better place. Right. Don't be sad. Yeah. It could have been much worse. What are you being sad about? You know, it's so you don't want to be that. And certainly to walk in and start telling jokes. Okay, <laughs> well, as I point to myself, <laughs> and I've done that. And at times it's okay. Right. Yeah. You got to know your audience. Know the room. But odds know are, probably shouldn't. Yeah. Probably shouldn't. Even if you know them. Because that's neglect. Right. You're, you know, or right. you just say, oh, it's going to be, a, again, it's the same thing. It's going to be okay. Yeah. They're in a better, that's neglecting their pain. Mm. Yeah. When Jesus looked in Mary and Martha's eyes and saw them weeping. Yeah. Jesus wept. Yeah. yeah. My number one thing is, go ahead and cry if they're crying. Right. Mm-hmm. That's just it. Look yeah. them in the eyes and cry. Here's the thing I do. I always say, listen, everybody's going to tell you they're going to be there for you. And they will be. You're going to have more lasagnas in the next week <laughs> than you know what to do with. But I want to tell you something. Six months, call me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a year, call right. me. Okay. It's great advice. Guess what? Nobody's ever called me. So right. I'm going to stop saying that. Because everybody thinks it's over. Like with my um, with my godson, it's, you know, he he also died of, of, of leukemia, childhood leukemia six years old and you have all the, all the frenzy, all the, the dove, you know, release at the, at the cemetery. And then you go home. If you're not with, if you're not part of that family, you go home and you move on and, and there's this void of the event is over. Yeah. You know, all right, what are we eating for dinner? My brother's Mm -hmm. accountant, which I will not name him, lost his son to cancer at the age of like 23. Mm-hmm. Had it when he was younger. Wow. Cured. Yay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my phrase is just because you're cancer free doesn't mean you're free from cancer. Right. Yeah. And then he passed away later. And he said to me, and this was when Trey was still alive, but did have cancer. Well, he always had cancer, but was diagnosed. Yeah. And he said, yeah, he goes, the hard part is, he says, people are with you now. He says, but they'll leave you. And I was just like, wow. And he was just a very sad man. 
Yeah. And he said, there'll be another thing that'll come along that will be the new shiny grief thing that everybody's going to be excited about. And mm-hmm. my heart, I didn't know really even then as much as I know now, but I was, you know, it bro- broke my heart. Sure. Yeah. And it's been great though. I don't say great, but there's been times because I've been like, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that would happen. You yeah. know, where yeah. you're just no longer the shiny griever. Right. And uh, so it's good to be there with people for the long haul. But I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to stop saying it because nobody calls me. I'm just going to keep joining them in their emotions yeah. in that moment. Um, no, my number one favorite thing is don't say, <laughs> what's new? <laughs> I've actually heard it said. And it's a nervous thing. Yeah. Hey, right. how, yeah. Or, hey, yeah. how are you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I love it because you see that person and their face they're like dying just, inside. Oh yeah, they're just yeah. like I didn't mean to. Get it, uh, dying inside. Oh, oh too soon. Too soon. Yeah. Too soon. You should do better. <laughs> I should do better. Speaking of do better, I think we have a couple. What What does it do better? So like, we this? take everything that we just talked about and how we should properly emotionally respond mm-hmm. and how we should live out our lives, mm-hmm. you know, together and and, and love each other and uh, um, if you're Jay, love on someone and. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh do not like that phrase. we do the exact opposite and we call out people that have usually been written up in the news about <laughs> and they're usually from florida <laughs> and they're usually from florida there's usually something like somebody throwing a can of spaghettios at somebody or something of that nature of like mm-hmm. how ridiculous the situation has become a, a guy builds a bomb to blow up the aliens yeah the- <laughs> just like how like what <laughs> what events happened to build you up to this moment of how you could probably have handled this situation yeah better hence the do better and i'm gonna call an audible on mine i gotta can't do better so i'll wrap it up oh my goodness well just real quick i'm gonna do two but just because i don't think we have one from florida from stewart florida dateline five guys get into a fist fight at uh, five guys the irony <laughs> that's all There's they probably planned it it was on facebook four is not enough six <sighs> too many five's the right amount five shot the number just B. right it is even <laughs> i mean not even even steven even steven it's a perfect number it is like 33 so what's the other one you have oh. or is it am I yeah you go baby. oh you're up baby so the bagel boss went viral this this past week um <laughs> this very vertically challenged man five five feet tall oh, man, in long, tell him on long island uh what was it long island. it was in the new york post article they literally called him vertically challenged um but they were that pc about it they called it vertically child they he's a teeny vert- tiny man he's a five he's a five foot man and but he's in this deli in long island and um like as soon as he walks in he starts just going off about how um women have always treated him poorly because he's he's small and how, why should they be allowed to tell him things that they're telling him online um on online dating sites and then he starts like looking around and and, and getting angry at the other customers in the restaurant for no reason like he's just he's just an angry man and he starts challenging people he's like what you want to fight you want to and finally this like big like six foot five guy just comes in like yeah spears him yeah he just he just takes him down and like sits on him so it could be a can't do better it's 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 kind of a both ways <laughs> thing but like to me like Man, there's a lot. It, in one respect, it might be kind of funny this situation, right? You know, you have this just how <laughs> he was boom, you get body slammed, and you <laughs> see people that you just want to do that to sometimes yes. in life, and it actually happens to him. <laughs> but like to me, the sad, it's kind of sad because like what That's is what sad. is led up to this guy? I know it really is. It sad. is like like he has so much pent up anger and frustration and rage yeah. and hurt. Like man, to to just pop off like that, so. Sorry, bagel boss. Do better. Wow. Yeah. I have a do better, can't do better as well. Dateline. Bing. Louisville. Not quite Florida. Ah, Louisville. Yeah. 
Kentucky police officials have charged a Louisville. Louisville? Louisville. Yeah, there you go. Wow. Louisville. Louisville. Since I went, to, since I'm a Midwestern guy from my IU days, uh, Louisville. now we've offended the Louisville, Louisvillians, Louisvillians, yeah. and short people <laughs> have charged a Louisville attorney with assault after he allegedly, allegedly, allegedly attacked a colleague with a Lysol can right. during a fight in the courthouse. Lindsey Scott, 63, is charged. By the way, that's a man. Lindsey Scott, 63, yep. is charged with second degree assault in the incident. He was booked into and released from the Metro jail. Jefferson County Sheriff's Office officials said another defense attorney, James J.R. Moore, J.R. was working on some of his cases around 8 a.m. Wednesday. So J.R. was a lawyer. J.R. is an attorney as well. Uh, 8 a.m. Wednesday in an attorney workroom next to a district courtroom. At some point, Scott entered, Lindsay Scott entered the room. Some sort of altercation developed. Lieutenant Colonel Carl Yates, a spokesman for the sheriff's county for the sheriff's office, told the news station. Scott is accused of hitting more with the aerosol can causing cuts to his head. Mm-hmm. Now, let's stop there. Mm-hmm. Do better. Mm-hmm. OK, I don't know why he's so mad. Now, the clue is the Lysol can. So my bet is he reheated some food in the attorney's room. Mm-hmm. 8 a.m., little mm-hmm. breakfast. What do you think? Maybe a little leftover. Tuna. A little tuna tuna uh, salad. Tuna salad. A little tuna salad. Maybe a tuna. Uh, what am I thinking of? A tuna pot pie? I don't know. Like a uh, tuna. Like shepherd's pie? No. I don't know. But something that. Something stinky. I think it was. I think it's a microwave incident. I think it's a workplace thing. Mm-hmm. And he Could grabbed be. the closest thing. Which I is swear to God. Salt. If that guy heats that up again. If he heats it up one I more morning. I'm putting it. I'm never going to talk to him about it. I'm never going to. I'm just going to let it build internally. <laughs> so we need to use our words better. Yep. Um, if that's what happened. That's what happens if that's what boss. happened. Yeah. Um, but here comes something else. Judge. Scott is accused of hitting more with the aerosol can causing cuts to his head. By the mm. way, later on, it says it was 12 staples. Hmm. Sta- not to, just stitches, but staples, staples to close that. But here's the point that I like. When deputies got to the room, Moore was restraining Scott. Oh, wow. So he took a blind side, uh-huh. multiple hits to the dome, yeah. bleeding everywhere because it says both were covered with blood and yet he has restrained him. Mm. Can't do better than that. No. Boom. But seriously, with the tuna, somebody tell me what this tuna dish is. Go on. Man, I remember there was a there was a woman that Amy and I used to work with at MSA and she heated up a fish dish for breakfast Ugh. in the office. You know what? I'm like, Should they deserve to be hit with a... Uh, <laughs> Lysol can. Lysol can. Uh, breakfast? <laughs> kicking off the day like that? All right. Can't do better. <laughs> Paul just said you need sunglasses or a smiley face on the back of your head. <laughs> <laughs> um, along a local Utah roadside, a young boy caught the attention of locals and their police department with a bold sign in big black letters that read ice cold beer ice cold beer upon further investigation authorities determined that the young entrepreneur's business was not illegal just ingenious yep he's selling beer root beer that is uh, oh <laughs> nice it's even better so um kudos kid with school out of session, Seth, he's 11, needed to find something to occupy his time. His parents wanted him to get out of the house. Paraphrasing here because it's such a long article for what it really is. Um, and on July 15th, Seth set up shop at the side of a road in 
Brigham City, Utah. His seemingly audacious sign first caught the attention and concern of local residents oh, who believed mm. the miner was they don't Ill- even like root beer out illegally there. selling alcohol in front of a church, no mm. less. <laughs> My man. It's very strict out there. Seth says people passing by either responded by laughing or calling the cops. Some people think it was actually liquor, the 11-year-old explained. <laughs> I don't so, know why they would think that. <laughs> After receiving several reports about the boys stand in uh, the local city, police department dispatched an <laughs> officer to investigate the matter. However, all authorities found upon arrival was a marketing genius. <laughs> <laughs> so the story goes on. It got him more popularity. And he went on and he learned about profit and loss and how to manage your money great. and all kinds of great stuff. And the, the police department like posted a picture of him. And, wow. It's just a great story. Where's the endorsement? Yeah. He's got to get sponsored. A&W. A&W. Come on, he's right. get one, sponsored. Of his, one, of his, one of his signs does say, I want a cold one, IBC. So it is, he's selling IBC root beer. Oh, come on, IBC, step up. Right? Do better. Yeah, do, do better because that IBC. kid can't do better. But that kid can't do better. And on that not to, note. Not to be confused with IPC. You brought us in. ICP. We always leave on or a can't do better. IP Daily written by, or no, that's a book, such Yellow a River ending. by IP Daily. Such a smooth ending we're having here. Do better. <laughs> See more butts? Do better the ending. He wrote under the bleachers. So you, I usually start us off. Uh-huh. So And you started us off, so why don't you uh, get us out of here? What do you normally do? Um, that's our show, everybody. Um, check us out. Check us out. We'll have the show notes at lunchtimeinrome.com. Again, all of our social media can be found there. You can find us on um, iTunes and, and Spotify and all those cool places to download your pod. On that note, Eric. Bye. Bye.